Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Have you ever wondered why you make certain choices in the first place from your past? What options are within your own reach and how to move forward with confidence and what to do when a what if arises in the form of an unexpected opportunity and a couple of detours as well? Well, my guest today is none other than best-selling author, speaker, nationally recognized productivity expert, Tanya Dalton. Tanya also serves as a growth strategist for female leaders. She has a highly anticipated second book coming out on October 12th called On Purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life of Meaning and Success. You can go and pre-order a copy of the book right now, but it's going to be released into the world everywhere books are sold on October 12th this year. In addition to her first book called The Joy of Missing Out, it was named one of the top 10 business books of the year by Fortune Magazine. Tanya also has a podcast, The International Advantage, and has she has received millions of downloads from listeners around the world. She is also featured uh, expert on several networks, including NBC and Fox, and is a VIP contributor to entrepreneur.com. Tanya has been featured in some of the world's leading publications including Forbes, Inc., Fast Company, and Real Simple. She has been awarded the Elite Enterprising Women Award and has been named the Female Entrepreneur to Watch for the state of North Carolina. In addition to all these amazing things, Tanya is the founder and CEO of Inkwell Press Productivity Co., a multi-million dollar company uh, providing tools that work as a catalyst in helping women do less while achieving maximum success. And I really believe that you guys are going to enjoy this conversation with Tanya and I. She is truly a great speaker and knows her, her knows her content. We do touch on her new book on purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life of Meaning and Success. 
And, you know, I, I believe the book isn't just for women. It's also for men too. In case you were curious, men, I know I do have quite a few male listeners. Uh, but Tanya delivers a hard hitting message that is going to motivate you as an individual to step into your own purpose, invest in yourself and boldly make your own mark in the world. And that's why I'm excited about this conversation because I love talking about purpose and we we get into it. <laughs> it's a great, honestly, a great conversation. So please, if you do get something from it, share it around to your friends and family. Also help support Tanya and her wonderful message and work by ordering a copy of the book. Uh, you can pre-order it or uh, if you are listening to this when uh, later on down the track after the 12th of October, you can actually go and buy the book. Uh, but I know Tanya would be really, really appreciative of you guys for helping support her. Don't forget to leave a rating and review before you go and subscribe. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to go on purpose today as we journey into this story box as we, and we're also going to listen, learn, and grow from the story of none other than best-selling author, Tanya Dalton. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation today. I'm excited to have you here. I didn't mention in the intro just a second ago that you also run a top business podcast, which is also pretty incredible. We're going to have a lot of fun today. I can't wait to unbox your story. The very first question that I do have for you that I normally ask all my guests at the very start is what does success look like for you? Oh, well, I love that question because I truly believe that success should be defined by us. I think so often we're looking left and right and up and down and every which way around us to see what success looks like. And it becomes this like never ending finish line that we're constantly striving for. So for me, success looks like doing what I love on a regular basis, living a life with my priorities in mind, doing what is most important. And I'm not just talking about success in my business life. I'm talking about success in my personal life. I think that so often when we think about success, we focus so laser like, you know, on business or on the metrics or what the revenue is or what our title is and the status. And those things are nice, but they're not the end all be all. I really think that it's about that holistic life. It really is who we are in all areas of our life. We're not just worker bees. I don't care what you do for a living. You have so many other roles that you play. So it's, it's really doing the things that matter most to you, whether you're in business or in your home life with your relationships in all different areas. So mm. that for me is, is what's most important, honestly. I've had quite a few people say that success to them is very similar to what you just said in regards to doing the things that they love to do. Now, for mm. a young person or even just uh, a general person in, in today's society that doesn't have that same mindset, as you would say, they're saying, Tanya, well, I'm not able to do the things that I love to do. I, I mean, I want to do them, but I can't do right. them. How would we? Or I don't know what what they are. Right. Like, exactly. So they're still trying to search for them. Mm -hmm. How mm -hmm. would you navigate them through that kind of uh, field? Yes. Well, I, and you said you know sometimes there's young people. I think there's old people. I think there's middle aged people. I think there's all kinds of people who think, "What do I want to be when I grow up?" And and that's okay. I think it's really important to normalize that. I think a lot of times we feel like if we don't have it figured out by the time we're 21 years old, then that it's done. You know, this is just the drudgery of life. And 
And there's always opportunities to shift and grow and evolve. And I think that's the most beautiful thing about life is, is really there's so many opportunities. And that's why I talk so much about the power of choice throughout the whole book, because it really is about choosing how we want to live. But I know for a lot of people, they think that sounds great, but I don't, I have no idea what I want to do or, or how, how I should move forward into that. And that's really why I think reflection is so important, really looking backwards in order to move forward. You know, I think what happens is a lot of times we feel like we have this like blank page in front of us or we Google, uh, you know, how to find my purpose. And it's like, oh, gosh, overwhelming. Trust me, I have Googled that myself <laughs> trying to figure that out at a certain point in my own life, only to be told, you know, start with your purpose. And I'm like, no, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Right. So really, a lot of times it really is diving into that library of you. All that you have so much history and a lot of times we discount it or we don't like to look at it because a lot of the history can be filled with trauma, failure, heartache, tough things. And we'd much rather just shove that under the bed and not even think about it. But that's honestly, that's our most fertile ground is our history. And, and the things that went well, those are amazing. They're like shiny little trophies that we hold up and they make us they make us feel good. We use those as evidence that we are good. But I'll tell you this. It's the hard things. It is the trauma. It's the, it's the failures. It's the mistakes. It's the regret. That is truly where we're going to find most of our purpose. You know, we are more likely to move away from pain than we are to move towards pleasure. So it's really understanding the things that you don't like in your past, the things that you want to push against. And that's what I love about talking about this idea of going from regret to resilience is we can push against the things we didn't like because when we know the things we don't like, it opens up, oh, this is what I do like, or this is what I do want. So really taking some time to dig into some of, some of those things, some of the harder things, but also when we're reflecting back, thinking about who we were before we got that whole, you know, cloak of adulthood on us, before we started adulting, who were we before we had responsibilities like paying the rent or the mortgage and feeding kids and showing up for a job every day? What were the things that we really enjoyed? What did we desire? What did we, what did we look forward to with enthusiasm? Like in the book, we talk about this idea of, let's say, Let's say it's something like a sport. Let's say, you know, you really loved playing baseball, we'll say. And what is it about baseball? Like, if you really dive into it, what is it that you loved? Was it the, the team aspect of it? Was it the competition? Was it being outdoors? Was it physical activity? Really start diving into who you were long ago. Because a lot of our purpose, a lot of our passions, a lot of the things that really in our soul ignite us are hidden in little nuggets. They're buried in that stuff under the bed, right? All that trash we showed underneath the bed. We just pull it out and start taking a look. And we ask that question, why? And this is what reflection does. It answers that question of why. Why do I like the things I do? Why do I want the things I do? Why am I the way I am? And it's all there hidden in plain sight in our history. Mm -hmm. But we don't like to look at it. We don't because it can be a little bit scary and it can be a little bit ugly. I mean, we all have parts of our history that feel like, you know, we'd rather keep bandaged up and not take a look at. Mm -hmm. But 
when we pull those bandages off and we really allow those wounds to get some air, that is when we really start stepping into who we really are. And that's really incredibly powerful. I think it is powerful. And it's, it's interesting because society, like if you do get a wound, society tells you to put a bandaid over it to constrict it. But if you leave the bandaid on for too long, guess what happens? The wound doesn't start to heal. It actually starts to fizzle up and you can get infected. So I like how you mentioned just taking off the bandaid and allowing the air to, to get to it. And essentially in our life, it's, it's those very moments of looking back into the past those vulnerable times, they may be difficult to actually face up to, but they are so needful in order for us to move forward. And I'm grateful that I realized that uh, at the age that I am now. So if young people are listening to this, it is possible because I made it possible. I had that choice and I realized that I did have a choice and so do you. But I have always been interested by, for those people that aren't, you know, mentally strong at the moment and they do look back and they may get stuck in that, yes. uh, mm-hmm. in that sort of the, the fog or the, the bog. Yeah, or, the hurt. Things, yeah. or the hurt. They get stuck mm-hmm. there. How would you get out of that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I think that the truth is we think that the opposite of stuck is just unstuck. Like there's this magical moment where, oh, we're unstuck suddenly. (laughs) The opposite of stuck is action. And I'm not talking big action. I'm not talking giant steps. I'm talking little itty bitty steps. Just taking action is the first way to get yourself unstuck because you take one tiny step, then it becomes easier to take the second step and then the third step and the fourth step. And the next thing you know, you're off and running. So I think the the mistake we make a lot of times is we think that we're stuck or something like like the universe is against us or there's all these forces that are against us and we are never stuck because we can always choose to take some sort of action. And the thing is, is this mindset falls into play for all of us. You know, not that long ago, I, I had a moment where I said, Uh, to my husband, I said, you know, I feel like I'm painted in the corner. And what I realized was I felt painted into a corner, but I forgot to look up and realize there's no walls. There's no walls. There's always opportunities to shift and grow. And it doesn't matter who you are or how old you are or what you've been through. There's opportunity there. And I think that's really incredibly important to remember. But in the book, we walk through, and actually I walk through one of my own traumas that I've, I've gone through. I, I walk through that in the book about how I use a process called the fifth why, where we basically look at what's going on. We talk about our feelings. Let's start with that. How am I feeling? Well, I feel stuck because why? There's our first why. Okay, well, why do you feel that way? You ask it again, two times. Then you ask it again. Well, why do I have that? Then you keep going deeper. And each time you ask why, you're diving deeper and deeper and deeper. And I call it the fifth why because it literally is, by the time you get to that fifth why, you get to the root cause. You get to the root of why you're feeling the way you are. That first why, you're going surface level. That's just a shallow dive. Each time you ask why and you ask it. So like I said, five times, you go a little bit deeper and you get to that root. And when you get to that root, you know what you can do? You can start pulling it up. Because until you recognize and realize what that root is, what the, what the heart of this fear or this trauma or this frustration or this anger or this sadness or whatever it is, 
you can't fix it. You can't work on it until you actually look at it and see it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I, I walk through doing that for one of my own traumas in the book. So you can see how this works. And it's an incredibly simple but powerful exercise to ask why. Yeah. Many people are afraid to ask why. I know yes. this because I was afraid to ask myself why. Um, but I like how you mentioned, you know, five whys. Like the more you ask yourself why, uh, the deeper you go. And mm-hmm. I think I didn't ask myself five times. I think I had to ask myself like 20 times. <laughs> like <laughs> that's, that's how long it took me. So you're, you're way ahead of, of, of me. But when I did finally get to the root and the core of who I really was, mm-hmm. it was kind of like this light bulb went off in my head and a new one was put in its place, a fresh one. But that light bulb was going to be lifetime. It's not going to be like this, you know, once off <laughs> kind of thing, if that makes sense. But yeah, um, I'm interested in, in, you mentioned that you explain one of your traumas in the book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm interested in, for those people that are listening that haven't actually read the book yet, can you walk us through that particular trauma if you're comfortable with doing it? Yeah. So um, I actually talk about it a little bit at the end of my first book, The Joy of Missing Out. Um, where I was attacked, I was, I was raped and I had a lot of, I had a lot of fear. It became really hard to, to be alone. It was really hard to not be alone. It was really hard to do anything. I felt really, really stymied. I, I felt stuck, right. Thinking that I can't, I couldn't even spend the night in a place by myself because there was so much fear and so much anxiety And if I was in a space where I had to be alone, every light had to be on in the house. Every door had to be checked 75 times. And I just didn't feel safe. And so um, that's obviously a hard thing to get over. And, you know, I'm not going to say this is something that, you know, overnight, I just went ahead and I did these five whys. Obviously, I did did some some inner work with it. Mm. But when I was writing this book, I thought, you know, I'm telling people that you have to dive in, you have to ask why. I don't think it's fair to ask people to do that if you're not really willing to share your own scars and say, let me show you how this has worked for me. And so I went and pulled out an old journal where as I was working through this trauma for myself, where I did that fifth why, and it's full of scribbles and angry looking writing. (laughs) And, you know, places where I had to scratch things out where I, you know, say things like, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to be alone at night and it's not really night. It's like, I'm afraid to be alone all the time. Why do I feel this way? What, what, you know, I felt safe. I thought I had made good choices. Why did I think I'd made good choices? And when I did this fifth, why I get to that root of what the problem was, I didn't trust people. I didn't trust people, not just after the trauma. I didn't trust them before. Mm. And that was really, for me, that was my light bulb that then I had to unscrew and put in a, a fresh bulb. Like you said, I love that. Um, you know, really understanding that this had everything to do with me having trust issues. Some of them connected to the trauma, but some of them connected to well, be- well before the trauma, mm. which is why it's so powerful because then I could really focus in on how do I build up this trust? How do I let go of feeling distrustful? Because if, if you don't trust people, how do you move through life? Because we can't move through life by ourselves. We need others around us, right? In order to, to really feel loved and 
a sense of belonging, which is one of the things that we we all look for. So that for me was really, really important to acknowledge. It was hard. I'm not going to lie. That was not something that was like, amazing. I don't trust people. That's fabulous. It's more like, oh God, really? That's who I am. Wow. I don't like that. That feels really ugly. That feels really dark. It feels really, but again, when we go there, when we have these dark spaces and we shine a light in them, we can see the cobwebs. We can clean it out. We can heal. We can move forward. And I think I'm a testament to that in that I did move forward. I was able to move into the life I wanted. I, I ended up buying my own home when I was 23 years old to, to, to prove to myself that I could do this, that I could live by myself and create a life for myself. And it's funny enough, because once I did that, then I met my husband who moved in next door to me. So, <laughs> so it's one of those things where you're like, okay, this, that opened up this opportunity. And I often talk about with my husband, how amazing it is. We've now been married, you know, 21 years. How amazing it is that, that me doing this work allowed me to move into my own home at the age of 23, right? Which is kind of crazy in itself. And then that opened up to the next opportunity. And that's the thing is we are never stuck. Once we start to see that action, the opportunities start to show, show showed us, you know, they, they appear to us and it's up to us to recognize that those are doors that we can open mm-hmm. or they're doors that we can choose also to keep shut. That's yeah. up to us. Yeah. I appreciate you being vulnerable because I know it's not an easy thing to do. Um, I know, I know firsthand, you know, what it's like to, to go through abuse and trauma and you're right, it's not an easy thing to work on. I mean, I find myself still having to do the daily work to yes. stop myself and present my, prevent myself from being triggered because there's so many triggers that come along with it. I mean, I've been rereading uh, The Body Keeps a Score and been highlighting all these, these great and profound statements that science has shown us that the body never forgets. And it's an amazing phenomenon, especially because we're going through trauma every single day. And some of us don't even realize it. And it's interesting how the trauma we often equate to meaning and purpose and how that relates to our life as a whole. And, you know, all of us, I believe we want to live an extraordinary life, right? I don't doubt that for a second. So, for, for you, Tanya, and for your own purpose right now, I'm interested in what is your purpose right now? What do you believe it actually is? Is there kind of like a, a definition for you? And secondly, how did you discover your purpose in the first place? Yeah, well, I love that question because really my purpose is showing other people that they can do what matters most to them. It really is at its heart showing people how we can prioritize because that's what, to me, an extraordinary life is when we're doing the things that matter most to us in every aspect of our world. And, you know, that wasn't something that I was just born with. And suddenly, you know, I already knew it growing up. It was, you know, you and I chatted before we hit record that the path is full of brambles and stones and twists and turns and roller coaster drops and everything else. So for me, I really started to discover my purpose because well, I have to back up just a little bit. I started my first business in 2008 and I started it with $50, zero business experience. I was doing it as a side business and I had a conversation with my husband 
who was on the other side of the planet, he would leave and he would travel for three or four weeks at a time. And I had a conversation with him where we realized he was missing out on everything with the kids. He was feeling like he was, you know, not really a part of the family. And so I made a decision to grow my business, to absorb his MBA income. He has an MBA working for Fortune 500 companies. And I was going to do that within a year. And I did that. I was able to make that happen, even with having this business for, you know, for $50 investment, I was able to absorb his MBA income. So he came and started working alongside of me. And so he was my CMO. He still is. I'm the CEO. And we love that working together. And then in 2013, I looked at him and I said, I love you. I love working with you. I don't love what we're doing. I don't love this business. I felt like I kind of fell into it because it was supposed to be the side hobby. And for me, it wasn't making the impact or the difference that I really wanted to make in the world. And so he said, okay, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I have no idea. Oh my God, what if there, what if there is nothing? What if this is it, right? What if, what if, you know, there is no purpose? And so that's when I Googled how to find your purpose, <laughs> found nothing, got really frustrated, get, got really, really upset. And so I decided to carve out some time for myself to really figure out what that was going to look like. So I started doing exercises for myself where I was diving into my past and I was looking at who, who I've been in my past and who I want to be. And through this process, I started just writing down and I gave myself, you know, 30 minutes a day for like two weeks. Was my, that was the first, I like to call it a container, a start time and an end time. That's one of my productivity things that I talk a lot about that we don't give ourselves, you know, a never ending deadline. There's an end time. So I gave myself two weeks to do 30 minutes a day of diving into this. And I started to notice these patterns showing up again and again and again. And this is the beauty of writing things down, right? Like all of a sudden you're like, okay, I see that there's, I'm saying the same things in different forms and different ways in lots of places. So I started to notice there were three things that really started highlighting all the time in my, my journal where I was writing. I really loved empowering women. I loved working with women. I was doing a lot of small business coaching to help these other women business owners. I loved that. I love teaching. I used to be a teacher. So educating other people, speaking to other people really lights me up. And I loved productivity. I loved it because that's what allowed me to scale and grow my business so that my husband could come and work alongside of me, even with no business experience, even with just a $50, you know, kicks, you know, to start my business off with. It was really the productivity. So I had these three things and I'm like, these are not connected <laughs> at all. And so I said, okay, how can I create a company that connects these three very unrelated things? And that's how Inkwell Press Productivity Co. was born, my business that I started. And it's really a business that's all about teaching women, redefining productivity for women. And it really, the, my re, 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 redefinition of productivity works for men as well, but it's redefining productivity that it's not about doing more, it's doing what's most important. And so I started creating products that I would sell and I sold them online. I scaled to seven figures in 18 months because I am productive, right? And so I did that. And then it was like, all right, let's bring in more of the education part. Let's bring in, start doing the podcast and then doing programs and then bringing in, you know, I started having publishing companies reaching out to me, asking me to write books. And so again, there we see you open yourself up to one little action and the opportunities start to arrive. Mm. We just have to open our eyes to them. So mm. that for me is how I really stepped into my purpose. 
And it's one of those things where I love what you said about the light bulb, like you screw it in because it is like that. Like when it, when it fits, you're like, Oh yes, that, that is it. That's, this feels good. And I think that's the thing is your purpose should never feel like drudgery or oh, slogging through your purpose should always feel like this is enjoyable. Now you're not going to enjoy every day. I mean, doing what you love doesn't mean loving what you do every day. I think that's a big thing because anyone who says do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life is a liar, right? (laughs) There's always parts to every job that we don't like. Um, But honestly, it really is, you know, stepping fully into what you want and who you are. And that makes a huge difference. Mm. What a story. I mean, that kind of, I can relate to many of that, although I haven't scaled a seven figure business yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not, not yet. That's, that's the key. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, the light bulb thing is interesting for me because it's kind of like we were in darkness for a long period of time, not being able to see. And then when that light kind of brightens up our world, it's kind of like, it's an unbelievable feeling. That's the only way I can really describe it for a lot of people. But when it hits, oh man, it hits like it is the best (laughs) ever. So yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is, right? Like for me, when I started doing this and you're right, like you do have those bad days, but I always say to people, you got to go back to your, your vision and your mission and that's going to help you get through those bad days. And then that mission and vision also aligns with your purpose. So if you know all that, even those bad days that come up from time to time, then they, you know, tomorrow's a new day, you'll be fine. As long as you don't go backwards or you don't get stuck and you just quit cold turkey, you know, like I, I love those people that I think you can appreciate this, that don't give up. Like they just keep on going. They are productive. They do give everything that they've got with something that they are passionate about, even though it might not look like a big thing in the, in the, in the moment, but they, they make it a big thing later on. So they just keep on going. So I love that. I really do. Yeah. Well, to be, and I call your mission, your vision and your core values. I call that your North star because yeah. that's your, that's your guiding light. Right. And so purpose, because I think people get really caught up in that purpose. Like it's this big, heavy thing. And really purpose means you're living bigger than today yeah. because you have that North star, right? Because what you talked about there with the vision and the mission, because it's tied to something bigger, it's not just about today. It's really about where you're going in the long term. Yeah. So understanding and recognizing that it's about the things that you do today, the actions you take today have an influence on who you are 10 years down the road, five years down the road, five days down the road. Your actions today really impact who you are long-term. So really making that connection is what's so powerful, I think. And that's what helps us get through those days. Exactly. I think Mm -hmm. for a lot of people as well, not being in such a rush to kind of like, I often equate, why would you be in such a rush to fit to get to the finish line. The finish line for me equates to death. Like it means life done, it's over. So, you know, so why be in such a rush? Like just like I was saying before to enjoy every single moment because that's going to, you know, lead you to the best places in life, the best best paths Mm -hmm. possible, you know? So 
I love your mission. I love uh, your, your purpose at the moment. I think it's going to help many, many people in my audience, especially. Um, a couple more questions for you, Tanya, because I know your time is very valuable, but uh, really enjoying this conversation, by the way. I am um, too. <laughs> your, your business, right? Like you started with $50 and mm-hmm. like by any stretch of the imagination, that is not a large sum of money. Not a large sum, no. <laughs> to start a <laughs> business. Um, what were, apart from starting with just $50, what were some of the challenges that you encountered along the way? Mm -hmm. Well, especially with that first business, I started that first business in 2008 when my kids were really small, they were playing by my feet. So I literally would work on days where my kids would go to like mother's day out or like a preschool. And those were kind of my days where it was like, all right, this is when I can really focus in on the business. And then I would have to put the brakes on, on the other days. And, and that was okay. Cause that was the season that I was, that I was in, right. That was the season. And I, I think we have this idea that we have to do like, like we talked about earlier, what everybody else is doing. And for me, what worked at that point in my life was okay. Mother's day out is Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So those are my work days. Tuesday, Thursday are a little bit lighter and I'm not going to, I'm not going to stress about not spending time on the business. I'm also not going to stress on those days that I'm focused in on business about my kids, right? Like I made sure that they were taken care of and that they could get the things done that they needed to get done. And really too, taking care of myself made me a better mom, made me a better wife, made me a better friend, made me a better neighbor, made me a better everything. And I think that's one of the things that we lose sight of sometimes is that we we have to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of other people. Um, but for me, that was probably one of the biggest challenges was really creating the time. And I think the mistake a lot of people say is they're like, well, I don't have the time. Listen, you, me, Beyonce, we all have the same amount of time. All of us, 168 hours every week. It's up to us how we use it. Yeah. So it's about creating your own time. You choose how you spend your time and we hide behind that excuse of not having time. We will say all the time, it's it's interesting because we'll say, oh, I'll do that later. I'll do that someday. Someday I'll approach that goal, right? And in the same breath, we'll say, I don't have time to go after my goals. So we have like this Olympic pool-sized vault of of time that we're going to get to at some point and we have a scarcity of it. There's no scarcity. There's no abundance of time. There's just time. 60 minutes on the beach is the same as 60 minutes in your office getting ready for a presentation. Yeah. It's all in the perception. So it's choosing what we're doing with our time. So that for me was one of the challenges was how do I want to spend my time? And then really creating those strong boundaries for myself of, all right, here's where I'm doing work and here's where I'm going off of work. And those boundaries were not the same every single week. It's not one of those things where it's like, once you set your boundaries, that's it. Certain weeks, there were things going on in my personal life where I couldn't give the business as much time. Other times I had more time. So we have to give ourselves flexibility. We have to give ourselves grace because life demands it. It really does. So um, those were probably some of my biggest challenges, but by creating systems, by creating ways that, um, and I, for me, Part of it was at that time, part of my North Star was getting my husband out of corporate America, getting Mm -hmm. him to be able to work with me. I was living bigger than today. And that made it so much easier, Mm -hmm. right? That's Mm -hmm. the big difference. It doesn't sound like to me you're a good procrastinator at all. (laughs) (laughs) 
well, I've, I've been known to procrastinate a time or two. I am human. <laughs> but I, I do think when you're doing things that you really enjoy and when you see that it's not about the finish line, like you talked about, it's really it's really what's beyond that finish line. When we tie our our goals, when we tie our daily actions to something bigger, that's when we get that winning feeling every day. And I think what happens is we chase busy all day long. We're doing a thousand things on our to-do list. We rush around, we do this and we do that. And we run here and we run there. We go to bed at night, our head hits the pillow. And we say, oh, why didn't I get more done? Why didn't I get more done? I'm the worst. I didn't do enough, even though we were busy all day long. That's because we're chasing down all these things that aren't really important to us. They're not really priorities. They're not tied to something bigger. If we choose to laser in and do fewer things that really matter, that's when we slip into bed and we go, wow, today was amazing. I mean, when was the last time? Let's ask this for your listeners. When was the last time you went to bed and thought, I did really good today? Because we should be ending more days like that. Not every day is going to be like amazing, right? But the majority of our days should be. And if they're not, let's choose to change that. Yeah. I think that's important. It's a great question to ask people. I think I, I need to ask myself that a bit more because I do struggle with this. <laughs> it's just like I'm one of those high achievers that wants to achieve a lot in any given day. So I'm right. kind of have I'm I am that busy person. So, but I'm now I'm much better at it. Like I'm more mindful of okay, what's my priorities here? Let me write them all down and let me tick them off, get that little bit of a high saying I did. Yep, that this. dopamine. Yep, <laughs> that rush. <laughs> and yes. it's now like, okay, and on to the next task. And then and then when I go to bed at night, which is usually early because I'm an early riser, another long story. But anyway, I kind of reflect on my day and I kind of go through that list and I'm like, hey, I did a, I did a good job. It's okay. It, it's kind of like when the people beat themselves up that once again they can get stuck and all kinds yes. of problems can arise from that and they stress so stress is not good for your body your mind or any any area of your or health. anything anything yeah so yeah that's that's great advice for you for everyone that's listening right now so Tanya, your new book on purpose, which I highly encourage people to go and get a copy. I believe they can pre-order it now, but it comes out officially in the States on October 12th. October 12th, yes. Which is honestly amazing. Um, but if I was to pick up a copy of your book, sadly, I don't have it yet because Australia, you know, it's absolutely crazy here getting packages. Uh, the, the delay is insane, um, but I can't wait to get my hands on a copy. But when I do, and I want to turn to any page or chapter within the book that is going to give me a renewed perspective on my life. It's going to challenge me just by one particular page or chapter, which one would you recommend that I turn to first? You're asking me to pick from like, which one's my favorite child? What kind of question is this? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love this question. Does it to people Gosh. all the time? <laughs> yes. Well, I go through a process called like, that's built that's based off of wayfinding. And it's in chapter, oh my gosh, chapter five, I talk about wayfinding, um, which is really, really helping people uncover what they want for their goals. Because I think we set arbitrary goals. So there's lots of visuals in the book, but I go through this whole visual of how you back up and you look at what you want, your potential. How do you figure out what your goals should be for right now? 
so that you can get to that big potential vision that you have for your life. Mm. So I would say probably chapter five, because it's so different from anything I've ever seen out there where it talks about goal setting or how you figure out your goals or any of that. I like it. So I remember that when I turn to, when I get the book, I'll turn to chapter five. Yes. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take a photo <laughs> and, and, and send it to you. Send it to me. Yes. I love that. <laughs> but Tanya, do you feel like anything is missing in your life currently? Hmm. That's a good question. Well, my son is getting ready to go away to college. So I feel like there will be a missing piece starting next week when he goes away. Uh, but right now, No, I feel pretty fulfilled on a regular basis. I'm really happy about what I do at work. I love my home life. I love coming home. I feel like home is a sanctuary. And I think that's really powerful. I, if there's anything missing, it would be um, that my best friend lives thousands of miles away and I haven't seen her in two years. That is the thing that's missing in my life. We talk all the time and we box her and all those things, but that has been really difficult. Yeah, I can imagine. It's just not the same over Zoom, is it? You need no, that. No, not the same. Although yeah. we do lots of great Zoom cocktail hours. That's a lot of fun. I can imagine. <laughs> but it's not the same. So I'm dying to see her sometime. Well, hopefully you get to see her soon um, when the world hopefully goes back to some kind of normal, whatever that looks like, who knows. But right. Um, this, this may be a, a tricky question to answer, but we'll see how we go. If you could go back to your younger self, say your 20-year-old self or your mm-hmm. 23rd-year-old self and give yourself one piece of advice, what would you say to yourself? I would say just keep moving forward. You got this. That even when you think you're on the wrong path, even when you think you've made mistakes, this has been your path all along. Yeah. You've always been on the right path. I love it. My final question for you, Tanya, this is my all time favorite question. I ask everyone at the end, it's a hypothetical one, but I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of (laughs) argument. Exactly. They've been able to get it all and show it to you on your hundredth birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? That I live my life the way that I talk to people about how they can live theirs, that I live true to my purpose. I live true to my priorities and I did what matters most every single day. I feel like there's a perfect send off message. Tanya Dalton, where can people find you, buy a new book, connect with you, listen to your podcast, all that wonderful stuff. Yeah. So if you go to tanyadalton.com, that's the best place to find. You can find links to my podcast, to my books. I actually also have a, a link there to, uh, if people pre-order the book, I have a program that I'm offering up for free called the Extraordinary Life Blueprint. You can find there as well. So tanyadalton.com is the best place to, to find me and all things that I, that I talk about. Amazing. Is there anything else you want to share with my audience before we finish off? No, it's just, you know what I would love for them to walk away from this episode feeling like they can take action, that it doesn't have to be big actions. It doesn't have to be anything giant or huge. Don't discount the small steps that we can make, because I think that's what happens is we think we focus in on those giant leaps. So if you heard something in today's show that just kind of resonated even a little bit deep inside of you, take action on that. If you thought, you know what, I would like to spend 30 minutes just thinking about and reflecting back on my past. Do that. 
take time right now, like stop what you're doing, put it into your planner, pop it into your calendar, wherever it is you need to do it, gift yourself that time. Because as I said, we all have the same 168 hours. Gift yourself that time because honestly, when you do the work, when you take the time, when you dig in, when you when you really uncover who you are, it's incredibly powerful and it's it's incredibly satisfying. And that's ultimately what I want for everyone to feel really satisfied when their head hits the pillow at the end of the day. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.